and welcome to New England Beer Reviews. My name is TJ Davis, alongside my ever-faithful compatriot, and if I might say so, one cool cat, Dick Hurts. How you doing today, Dick? Really? That's what you came up with? <laughs> that? I, I told you it's truly uninspired. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could have gone with, like, Dick Holster or something. Something that actually makes sense. Well, like, but, you know. Dick Holster is much more insulty than Dick Hurts. Dick True. Hurts is an actual, like, name. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, Dick Holster would be like, how the fuck you doing, cum dumpster? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, like... Or, or, like, the fucking, um... Uh... Super Troopers, like... Hey there, chicken fucker! <laughs> 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 I mean... But, like, I don't know. It's it's me. Like, I don't have a dick, so my dick doesn't hurt. So why why would it be dick hurts and not just dick hurt? Because like, are you trying hurt, to tell hurt me could that, imply that like are you it's telling a me that you don't have like phantom limb pain from your you know um, frontal prehensile tail not being there? No, no, I don't. <laughs> All right. Um, we're already off rails, so let's get into the show. Welcome to uh, New England Beer Reviews. I'm TJ Davis, alongside Emily Schick. This is episode 21, Smashmallow. Malo? Malo. Smashmallow. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Something. Smashmallow. It's got a pretty sweet can, because it's got a, uh, like, kaiju-sized burning marshmallow. So... That that is entirely different from the Stay Puff Marshmallow, but still kaiju size. We're similar but legally distinct from the lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> the lollipop killed. The lollipop killed. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, crack. Oh man! Right in my face. I had like not just a squirter, but I had a gusher this time. Nice. Like gut everywhere. Gun in my raccoon wounds. Mmm. You smell like the inside of my mama's purse. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter would absolutely love you. <laughs> also, that one's extra fa- funny because I believe that is like nine-year-old Dakota Fanning who did that line. Oh, really? That's awesome. So, folks, this is Smashmallow Milkshake IPA from Oozle Finch Beers. So, from this where? is the Oozle Finch. Oozle Finch. And this is a hazy IPA. And this is the version with Rio Red Grapefruit, Marshmallow, Vanilla, and Lactose. And. I mean, the vanilla and lactose come out like a fuck ton of this just immediately. I mean, so does the grapefruit, though. Yeah, I could use a little more tart from the grapefruit myself. Not that I'm, like, shitting on it, but... Well, grapefruit's actually a less acidic citrus than, you know, something like lemon or lime or whatever. But, yes, the grapefruit does come through, and it's really fucking wild. 
I'm still trying to make it through the fucking head. Suck that head. Ew. No, we're not. We're not going like you know, Just, frat bro. Yeah. Here. I mean, I've been listening to a bunch of episodes of a specific podcast. You know, partially for market research. Oh, also, dear listener, be aware this is unfiltered and definitely has yeast at the bottom of it that you probably don't want to throw in your beer. Just so you're aware, um, it's still mighty tasty though. So I don't mind. Um, but yeah, I've been listening as market research to a bunch of episodes of a podcast, and while I really think that he is a very good interviewer. His personal personality is just a little frat bro for me. Mm. But I still listening, uh, I still enjoy listening to him and the conversations that he ends up getting with a bunch of people that, you know, like I admire and respect, especially in like the film industry. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what I care about. <laughs> and beer. Mm. Yeah. Yay beer. Or no. Hooray beer. Did Yay. you ever have a red stripe face? I had a red no. stripe face. No, I did not. But that was back in the early days of my drinking. So, <laughs> you know, it was like red stripe and rolling rock. Oh, now that I've maximized the video again, I can see all the, the head that's in your yep. Yeah. Stuck, that's in your mustache. Yep, there you go. Good old soup strainer. All right. Um we're like five, six minutes in, so we should probably like actually get in on with the show. Um but yes, right now we're drinking fucking Smashmallow from Oozlefinch. Uh, as Emily already said, it's a hazy IPA with Rio red grapefruit, marshmallow, oh. vanilla, and lactose. And it turns out we suck because uh, Oozle Finch is from Fort Monroe, Virginia. Oh, well, then I blame you on this one, Emily, because you're the one who's supposed to know where things are from. You are Whatever. a beer procurer. Whatever. Welcome to the first episode of Outside New England Beer Reviews. <laughs> eh, I mean, the second one's in New England, so we're going to call it good enough. I yeah. know the second one's from fucking... Good enough. Yes. Plus, we're going to be talking about a bunch of New England beers. Uh, yeah, Emily and I funny. ended up like hanging out last weekend and ended up hitting up the uh, Seaport District in Boston because while there's a lot of great places there, I like I think both Emily and I are on the same page when it comes to like I hate going there and like dealing with the Seaport, but I like being there. Agreed. It's not like, and it's not like you have to fucking drive. Yeah, but still, I have to, like, walk. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say parking wasn't that bad, but that's because we actually just went down A Street. Like, from now on, I think that's what I'm going to do every fucking time. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea, because especially that area. I mean, nobody park on A Street. A Street is always terrible, and there's no good spots to park. Definitely not beyond the secret stairs. Oh, man, I also had some true garbage a couple weekends ago. Yeah, folks, sorry we didn't put out an episode last week. Uh, we straight up did not have enough fucking beer to talk about. Yeah, um, and going forward, probably going to move more in the direction of 
bi-monthly one yeah like especially because we're trying to like launch our second podcast and we want to do that bi-monthly as well and it's just going to be less aggravating for all parties if we start doing this bi-monthly oh also before we start quick shout out to my cousin tommy who is my our second confirmed fan so uh hey tommy i hope you enjoy the show I got nothing else we're sorry that. about the dick jokes yes yes now we're not no, we're, we're really not, not. no um I all mean, right my cousin tommy's like got to be pushing 30 at this point if not slightly over 30 so i know but still whatever i am terrible about knowing the ages of my cousins <laughs> you're like 14 right dude i'm 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 like, 27. dude, I've been able to drink for the last nine years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I still remember when you were yay high. <laughs> the perks of being an old person. Are, are, are we the old now? I mean, I am the third oldest of my cousins. So I've watched the majority of them grow up in some way. All right, so let me get into the two shitty things I had. Shitty thing number one, Cerveza from True North Ale Company. Honestly, I've never had anything from True North that really does it for me. Um, this one, it was just like, I'm not going to say it was bad, bad, but like it's literally nothing beyond a basic Mexican style lager. That's it. That's the whole that's thing. Annoying. It's a Mexican style lager that like they don't, you know, there's no like, you know, interesting malt profile or which you can't really do with that style. There's I mean, no it... there's no like addition of like citrus or sea salt or anything that like might amp it up a little bit. Was it and at least d- done well? Yeah, it was done well, but it wasn't interesting. Yeah. Like I got it because it was the only thing where I was that was from New England that I hadn't had. Good reasoning. And I moved on. My second beer was a uh, another Fiddlehead, because like, it seems like everywhere has that now, and it's usually the best thing on whatever place's menu. Um, but I also, my father made me try his Sam Adams Wicked Hazy. Yeah. Which is also not good. Um, that was... There's something about that one... That like, it has. Like uh, I've I had the like... wicked hazy before, and I think it's something about the malts they use inside of it that gives it this really strange. Like, it's not quite after taste; it's more after feel. Oh, see, I was getting almost like a soapy flavor off of it, but that could have just been their lines. Yeah, yeah, that's always unfortunate when that ends up happening. But I mean. Even without, even if it weren't like soapy, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Like it wasn't, it's not terrible. It's drinkable. Like, I'm not going to say like, oh no, it's serviceable. Yeah. It's just, it's not, if what you're looking for is interesting and flavorful, I mean, it's like, it's a decent knockoff of a New England style IPA. Yeah. But it's not even quite right. I think I actually pointed that out to him. It was like, 
I can partially see through that. They did it wrong. Yeah. Um, is that all the mediocre stuff that you have to talk about? Because I've got two mediocre things that I can talk about, too, before we get into, like, where we went out in the seaport. Yeah, that's that's it for my shitty shit. All right. So now not my I only have two and only one of them is like kind of shitty shit. And it wasn't super terrible, but it was the Woo Sox Lager from Harpoon. Yeah, it's I mean, it's fine. Like it's it's a lager. There's nothing like egregiously bad about it, but like there's nothing good or interesting about it either. Agreed. Uh, and the other one was a foundation donut delight. I found like, again, I know that we are critical of things and I'm not saying this too shit on it, but I only gave it like, I only gave it a 3.75 because it wasn't what I really wanted it to be. None of the flavors were really there. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing with foundation. Like they're, they're kind of hit or miss. I mean, I will say that generally speaking, foundations misses tend to be like, this is fine, but like, this isn't, it's not exactly what I want it to be. Or it's like, yeah, like you know, the flavors are very close to where you want them to be, but like just falling a little behind, falling a little short. Yeah. Or like, so basically like even their, their worst stuff just sort of misses the mark by some, but not like entirely. But, like, when they hit, they hit. So, like, I mean, as a whole, I would say Foundation's not a really not really a bad choice. But I will say that, like, I don't... I personally don't think that, like, the hoppy stuff is their strong suit. I mean, it's, I, it's kind of the same way I feel about Pipe Dream. It's, like, their sours and their stouts tend to be better, I think, Indeed. than their hoppy stuff. Indeed. And we're going to get into a hoppy pipe dream at some point later in the episode. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, dear listener. I will say, all right, now I'm going to shout out, shout out the fucking podcast I've been listening to. It's not like he's going to fucking ever hear it or hear about it. So it doesn't matter. But inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum, I've been listening to a bunch of episodes of that. And like, I really enjoy him as an interviewer, but as a person, he's a little broy for my taste. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody has their own niche. Like, I've got my stepfather that I love, but, like, if he and I try and talk politics at all, I just want to, like, slap him because it's like, no, you are objectively wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I know I can't do that. Yeah. Oh, I still have a buddy. Hey, buddy. Um, but yeah, those were my two from uh, Brit's 70th birthday. Uh, Brit Hall, if you're listening to this, shout out to you, motherfucker. You rule. Um, shall, shall we get into where we went on our excursion? We shall. Um, stop number one. We were joined by future... Co-host, Co-host of Theater Screw It, Dan Murphy, or D. Murphy. I, I gotta find out what he wants us to refer to him by, but... It's Dan. Dan. Dan! <laughs> we ended up going to row 34. 
right in the heart of the cozy seaport district. <laughs> I think a cozy is like the last word I would ever use to describe that. Jarring. <laughs> I mean, does that technically count as seaport even? Because I thought that Congress Street is sort of that pocket that's just called Fort Point. Oh, I don't know. All or right. is it all? Yeah, that or, or, be. I, I think like the seaport district is like the amalgamate of all the, all the small locations in there. Because like I need... until it had a full district, it was just like oh, Farnsworth, Melcher. You know, it was more referred to by like street names instead of like district area. And I think that once it started to become the seaport district, is when like Fort Point really started to like push. No, we're fucking Fort Point. But you're part of the Seaport District. Yeah. So, for those of you who are unaware, Row 34 is ostensibly a seafood restaurant. Um, a seafood and beer joint that also has, like, a great wine selection and, like, uh, some of the best fucking seafood. Like, incredibly yeah. fresh, incredibly local raw bar, including, like, oysters from all around a lot of Massachusetts, but also, you know, and they go into, like, Maine and shit. Um, and, like, yeah, the more I think about that fucking lobster roll, the lobster rolls that we got, like, yeah, that might be the best lobster roll I think I've ever had. It's definitely the best lobster roll I've ever had. Like, it's just, it was perfection. Um, Bear in mind, it is not your... Um, stereotypical at least in a lot of mass your stereotypical mayo and celery kind of lobster roll it was hot butter lobster roll and yeah it's the way to do it oh yeah i mean I, like don't get me wrong i, I they had a quote-unquote creamy version which is like yeah i'm sure that they do that super well but like I don't know. Hot buttered lobster rolls are harder to find, so I usually do go for it when I get when I get the opportunity to do so. And like, and holy also shit! Also, usually more tasty. And also, who doesn't want to consume like an entire stick of butter? Well, that's the thing. Is well, first off, it's not as mu- it's not quite as much butter as you probably think it is. Um, but the other thing is like, lobster lends itself very well to those kind of rich flavors, which is why you know. Newberg sauce works so well because of the sherry like yeah. sh- like sherry butter like those sorts of things you know really work Creaminess well with lobster. pull out the flavor of the lobster more yeah um so row 34 and if you don't eat seafood they do have non-seafood options don't worry about that um and but if you enjoy seafood fucking go get some seafood <laughs> yeah their menu is not super huge but what they do have is great um and you know like it is be sure to save room for dessert (laughs) oh yeah it's nice but not super dressy like you know no we we were probably dressed like their normal selves i mean i was dan and i were probably like the scrubbiest looking people in there but like i also didn't give a shit because it's my personal feeling if you don't have a strict dress code i don't give a shit how i fucking look as long as the bill can get paid and you get tipped properly like, you shouldn't just immediately judge someone based on how they look. I would say, like, as long as your clothes are clean, I'm with, the, I, I can, I can yeah, get Yeah, hopefully not, like, emanating any sort of stank. Well, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to, like, a fine dining restaurant dressed that way, but, like, it, this isn't a fine I mean, dining restaurant. Yeah. 
it's a higher end restaurant, so definitely be prepared when you go there to like spend a little more money. But everything they do is fucking quality. And also, they now have a location in Burlington. So for oh, those of you who don't want to, wait, New Hampshire. Yeah, they have a new ha- they have a New Hampshire location and the Burlington location. Oh, sweet. Uh, guess At I least have I think it was place. Manchester. I could be wrong about that. It might be Nashua. I, thought no, I think it was it's Portsmouth. Manchester. Oh, it might be Portsmouth. I think they have one in Port. They've had one in Portsmouth for a while. Oh, okay. Then, all right. Well, they still have a New Hampshire location. Yes, but that's very different than Manchester. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Anyway, so, row 34. Oh, yeah, the other thing you need to know about that place is get their fucking butterscotch pudding. Just trust me. Get it. It's the best pudding you'll ever have in your life. It is completely homemade. The chef was like, I can do this better and does does do it better. Yeah, like, we got the whole story from a bartender when we used to go there years ago. And, like, I'm going to guess they still have the same executive chef because... While the menu does change some over time, they do a lot of stuff that, like, a lot of stuff that they do, they do particularly well. Yes. Yes, they do. But, all right, let's get into the beer. Um, do you want to say the name of the first one? I mean, we already ta- we're already ta- doing a fucking show beer that's not New England. Let's just skip that one. I didn't even like it that much. Oh, yeah. Didn't we decide that that wasn't quite New England? It's not New England. It's just brewed in Connecticut, but it's an Italian beer. Yeah. Well, I mean, since we already fucking oh, fucked I our mean, rules. Fuck it. Yeah. Okay. And actually, when you click on it, like it, it does, it comes up saying it's B United International, which is a, which says Oxford, Connecticut. So I guess it does fucking count. Whatever. But I, I guess it counts like Omnipolo, brewed in Dorchester. So it's uh, Zymator Al Iskir. Ixir. Alexir. Ixir. Alexir. Um, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what it was supposed to be. It was an eleven percent ABV sour, something, something. Um, that uh, it wasn't like... a sour. It was a wild. Oh, it was a wild. It tasted yeah. super fucking boozy, though. It was super fucking boozy, and I honestly found it really surprising that they were selling that in a ten ounce pour because. It's one of those things, like, yeah, me as a trash can, I can fucking drink it. But, like, me as a trash can, I can see people like me being like, oh, yeah, I like this. And just, like, downing fucking four of them. And then you're, like, shmammered in 45 minutes. Yeah. I I did not care for that as much. I did really enjoy the one that we paired with that. Which apparently I did not check in. Oh. But the uh, Lone Pine. Yep. Holy Donut Blueberry Glaze. So that is continuing their Holy Donut series. Um, it is a blueberry glaze donut sour. Um, honestly, it wasn't like the best fucking thing I've ever had, but it was solid. I gave it a four. Um, you know, decent sour. 
the sweetness comes through, the flavors all come through. It worked. Huh. Apparently I did check that and it just wasn't like showing up in my shit. Weird. 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 And then next round, we kind of went a little more, you know, French-Belgian countryside with it, which we, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. haven't gotten a chance to do a whole lot in a long time. And Well, I mean, one of the ones that jumped out at me immediately was just because of style. And then we found something to pair it with as well. But, like, I, I don't always love every grisette that I have, but... I really enjoy when I see a grisette and try because I feel like I see them so infrequently that every time I do, I have a compulsion to try it. Yeah. So this was the surf casting grisette from Oxbow. Um, So their main spot is in Newcastle, Maine. Um, They do have a blending and bottling spot in portland i would assume still um so you know if you're in portland hit them up that's where they get like you know that that you can get some good stuff there um so surf casting is a gently salted grisette brewed with american hops wheat and fresh limes and i think that that hint of salt comes through well and the fresh lime comes through like very mildly which is how it should be with a style like this because you could overpower it easily yeah no i thought that this was solid um i've had a lot of good i've had a lot of solid stuff from oxbow um i think the momoko is the peach one is still my favorite from them but um no this was solid i i didn't have any complaints with it um i like pretty much nothing to add to that because i agree with all of those statements about that beer yeah, like, shout out to Oxbow. You you guys do great stuff. I like I love hanging out at your place in Portland. Uh yeah, I mean they had a good spot to do like shows and stuff too, which is really cool. Nice. Always enjoyable. Uh, yeah. Like small intimate shows, but shows nonetheless. Yeah. Um and then we paired that with Campland from Kent it was a collaboration between Kent Falls and Allagash. So that is a a Connecticut and a Maine brewery working together? Blasphemy. So it's a fresh hop farmhouse ale that's brewed at their annual hop harvest each year. I thought it was pretty solid. Um, again, Kent Falls has a tendency to, much like someplace like Oxbow or even kind of Allagash, um, stick to more of the kind of Doing basic things really well. Doing basic things really well. No, Kent Falls can go kind of out there, but I was thinking more the fact that like they have a tendency to stick to that like, um, you know, farmhousey, wild sort of profile. Like they use, um, yeah, they they've got their shtick. Yeah, I they mean, do. Like how Notch started off just doing sessions. How fucking Jack's Abbey started off just doing loggers. No, Jack's Abbey still, well, I mean, mean, technically Jack's Abbey Abbey still just does lagers. Springdale does ales. Well, Springdale does ales, but Jack's Abbey still does stouts. Yeah, but they did. Or stouts lagers. Shit, am I like a total idiot and just like, today I learned? No, stouts are not usually lagers, and I don't think they're stouts. I think they're porters, but they're not stouts. 
Ah, okay. Um, you, as far as I know, you can use lager yeast in a porter. Uh, okay. I think. I don't know that you could do it with a stout because a stout tends to have a slightly higher viscosity and stuff, but like, I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure they still use lager yeast and stuff like Framinghammer. Hey, if anybody from Jack's Abbey wants to uh, come on the show and have a conversation with us, you are always welcome to. Yeah, fill in our knowledge gaps because uh, I don't always remember all the stuff I read. So, you know, yeah. and... I mean, I would do better if I was like, you know, doing homework. But after like the first episode, I was like, fuck doing homework. Mm-hmm. So, And I usually utilize you as my backup memory. Also, yeah, fuck doing homework, man. <laughs> You just bullshit yourself in class. You'll pass. <laughs> no, fuck doing homework for this podcast. Do homework for class. If you're in fucking school, do your goddamn... Oh, don't do all of your homework. Learn how to do... Learn how to get away with doing as little as possible because, like, I guarantee you, you're not going to remember most of the shit you learn anyway. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. Either that or... And most of the it... shit that they're trying to teach you, you're not going to have any need for. But, like, you know, just... Learn how to utilize your time well. I mean, that's the thing, as I was going to say. Actually, that's bad advice in the sense that, like, I what, utilizing I w- your time well. No, I'm saying I, I'm saying it's bad advice to just sort of like you know, kind of do what you need to do to get good grades. Because, like, I really wish that I had spent the time and like actually retained more of the knowledge that I gained through college. But like, they throw so much shit at you, like you know. That, like, it's actually impossible to do it the right way. So do it the wrong way that still gets you, you know, good grades and shit. Um, Because, like, doing it the right way, like, you won't have, you know, like, especially in, like, a science curriculum, you won't have a fucking life if you do it the right way. I mean, you you won't have a life. You won't have time to work. And, like, all of your waking time would be spent, like, reading and practicing shit over and over and over. So do it the fucking wrong way, pass your goddamn classes, and then just do what the rest of us do and, like, forget basically everything except... The, the, so, especially with science stuff, the, the what you're really learning is, like, how to, you know, it, it, like, once you've forgotten all that stuff and then you have to look it up again, you know what you're looking at. You know how to interpret the data. That's really what you're paying money for is to learn how to think and to learn how to yeah. interpret stuff that you look at. Not to like a specific form of critical thinking. Yeah. Like, which is why it's like, why, why are, okay. So why are you testing me on like the different, how, like how, you know, these particular species of bacteria will show up on like each of these 15 different biochemical tests when like, I will never be asked to remember that in real life ever. But it's essentially teaching you how to differentiate between different things, but in a more critical fashion. Which yeah. are skills that they're, which is the actual skill they're trying to teach you, but like that's an abstract concept, and instead they're giving a practical application to an abstract concept, so that what you're really learning is that concept no. instead of specific skill. I'm going to argue with you that you're mo- like in undergrad classes, you're really being taught like how to do rote memorization and how to, you know. I mean, isn't that the majority exam? of like middle school and high school as well? 
Yeah, more or less. Because, um, like, you're not studying to learn anything. You're studying to take an exam. Yeah. Like, and at like, least, like, growing up in Massachusetts with the MCAS, because... Well, MCAS wasn't a, a requirement when I was oh, in school. So, I was the last year of the testing of the test. Okay, I was, like, like you one graduated, of the, I was you graduated one and I graduated O two. Yeah. And, like, my year was, like, the... Now, this doesn't matter, but this matters. Okay, yeah. Our year was like, we're just playing with this. So um, they gave me, I remember on the history section, they gave me a question that was like, you know, write about like the Aztec Empire using like, you know, three, like two of these five things. And it was like currency. Oh, so government did you only system take them or whatever. once? Yes. Okay. I took them twice. Oh, and I, but I basically, like, I was I, at the I, right I didn't age. know shit about the Aztec Empire because I took, uh, in, I took Western civilization instead of world history. Oh, because I was in an honors class, so yeah. I ended up because I didn't know a damn thing about the Aztec Empire at that point. I decided to Fake write until you make it. <laughs> I said that they used Nilla wafers and chocolate coins as currency, and uh, made up some other bullshit. <laughs> I don't know, like I. I amused myself. At least it was a decent exercise in creative writing. But it was like, yeah, no, nobody ever taught me to the taught me this because that's not how the honors classes were structured at that point. So yeah. Um, so but yeah, I, I had to because I believe I could be wrong about this, but I thought they were like fifth, eighth, and tenth grade that they were trying to apply these tests to. I think that my eighth grade was the first test year for like any of it. So like the first time they tried it out was when I was in eighth grade. And okay, then yeah. there and then my sophomore year, so tenth grade, was there like now this doesn't really apply, but this is like our final test of how to apply this test. So the only time you took it was when you were in 10th grade. So, because when I was in 8th, you were in ninth. Yes. So you would have just missed that first test, test, test year. Yes. Wow, we are getting so distracted with uh, the MCATs. Um, it's By the a way, flawed we're system. Old. You shouldn't be teaching for tests. You should be teaching for critical uh, thinking yeah critical thinking and that's an the ability thing that... well also an ability to like exist as a functioning adult in this world yeah it would have been really nice if somebody like i mean i don't get me wrong i'm really glad i took like home ec and woodshop because those did actually teach me useful skills but it would have been nice if somebody had like if they'd given like uh i don't know they're like in high school having like a semester on like i don't know finances like how to balance a well, checkbook I, I feel or like, like how what, to like a social you know, studies, how to make a budget i feel like that's what social studies classes should be but like at least when i was in middle school social studies essentially just implied it's civics but we can't call it civics anymore <laughs> i mean social studies encompasses you know like yeah it's it's history it's you know that kind of shit too um but it should also teach you how to exist in a social society. No, that's that's actually no. But I mean, no. 
it would be it would what be a different that? department. I don't remember, but like I we actually had I had a home ec class and I had a wood wood shop class in middle school, and I'm grateful for both of those because it taught me how to sew. It taught me how to do some basic cooking, or at least tried to teach me how to do some basic cooking. Um, anyway, um, yeah, all I think of with stuff like that is. Um... Seventh grade Norwood Middle School, uh, before my first car accident, um, and there was like there were certain classes that were trimesters, and then for some reason, like language in seventh grade was semester. So like the first for me, first semester was Spanish, second semester was French, and, and like bear in mind. Um, my second semester of seventh grade was when my first car accident happened. So I was not there for the end of the year. Trying to remember what the, like, sort of, not quite home ec classes, but, like, one of them definitely had, like, a sewing. Maybe it was, like, sewing, cooking, and electronics. Oh, Nice. Like, I just remember the electronics one the most because I got to fucking hunt one of these down someday. You know, the, maybe um, if I'd had, like, a class where I could have fucked around with, like, and taken apart electronics and shit, maybe I would have gone into some kind of fucking engineering and probably done way better as a career. But whatever. STEM, baby. STEM. We gotta, we gotta push it for all. It's hey, where our I future ended up should in, be going. I ended up in the dumbest branch of STEM. Mathematics? <laughs> okay. The second <laughs> branch of STEM? I'm, I'm not, not trying okay. to shit on mathematics. I love math. It's just no. like, there math. are higher levels of math that get like really stupid. Well, it's not that they get stupid. It's, it's not that, that they get stupid. It's just like, they're incredibly complex scenarios that are only really hypothesized because there's no way to actually quantify them. The problem is, is that math is kind of quantum physics. Cool. Math. <laughs> I was going to say science is really broad, but like, you know, there's a lot of it that's dumb. I mean, the problem, the problem with lots of branches of STEM or lots of areas of STEM is that like everyone makes it sound like anything you choose in the STEM field is going to make you money. They are wrong. They are fucking wrong. I have yet to end, end up in a job in STEM that makes me a shitload of money and I am a lot of avenues are closed off to me because I don't have the financial wherewithal to get a fucking PhD in my late 30s so yep I mean I, I don't know man like there's a lot of things that would work out a lot better if we weren't in a capitalist society yeah i keep on waiting for us to hit like star trek society where it's just oh we're not going to everybody you're, you're, at least has like ubi you're not gonna live that you're not gonna no, live long I'm, I'm, to see. I'm not gonna live that long <laughs> no i mean we're, we're definitely i don't know man i'm t i'm calling it right now we're gonna see some major societal collapses before before the end of our lifespan. Yeah, which is unfortunate because, like, we pretty much saw... We were on the verge, uh, like, 
Oh, man, I hate it when we get political, but we just sort of go there sometimes. Um, we were very, 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 very fucking close to a political collapse in this country this year. Oh, I know. And I'm, like, saying, I'm like, not just saying like January 6th, but like January 6th was like that boil that you shouldn't pop and just get it fucking lanced. Yeah. Um, but like on, we, we came closer than I think any of us generally seem to realize. Oh no, I realize exactly how close we came. It's just like, I, I, I mean, it's going to, I'm just telling you right now, like, I don't know if it's going to happen in the next, you know, few years or if it's going to happen like 20 years from now, but it'll fucking happen sometime in our lifetime. We're going to see some, if not the collapse of the entire system collapse of a ma- like major parts of it or a revolution like a good old fashioned like you know hanging politicians kind of revolution i don't know exactly how it's gonna go but it it's i'm calling it right now it's gonna fucking happen like i hope not i I hope that like people can pull their heads out of their asses but yeah it's unfortunate that we look like we're going closer and closer to Civil War II, Electric Boogaloo. Shout out to Robert <laughs> Evans. Robert Evans did uh, It Could Happen Here podcast, and it was a meant to be a one-off that was like a sort of hypothetical scenario, and now Robert is doing a second season of It Could Happen Here that's more like, well, this is going to happen at some point, so here's how you prepare yourself. Nuts. I don't think Robert's wrong, though. Um, And also shout out his book, After the Revolution. It is available for free online, both as a podcast and as a, you know, ebook. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's awesome. He's a solid writer. Sweet. Um, I'm not going to say what I want to say, because if some off chance we can mail some beer to robert evans um i would rather not say it but not that i won't saying anything against him it would just be like saying shut up wesley to will wheaton you know i don't want to be like are, are you thinking of bob evans the restaurant yeah, or something yeah yeah bob, okay. bob! <laughs> yeah I'm sure he's heard that enough, and yeah. he's probably on enough kratom that he won't care. Um, but yeah, that first beer was mighty tasty. Uh, like the more I drank it, the more I got like almost like creamsicle vibes from it. I'm guessing, you know, largely from the vanilla and lactose and marshmallow. But like the ruby red grapefruit gave it definitely a different vibe than your traditional creamsicle, and I would totally fucking eat. Like a grapefruit creamsicle. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But um, with that, beer fucking number one is fucking done, fucking kid. Fucking kid. So here we are on to beer number two. Not from my home state this time. This one's actually from New England. Though I can't remember where. Connecticut. Connecticut. Fucking, fucking Connecticut. Fucking Connecticut. Three, two, one, crap.
Beer number two today is along the same grapefruit connection. It's a spike smoothie from Connecticut Valley Brewing Company. If I fucking bothered to look at that, then I guess I would have realized it was Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, for fuck's sake, dude. <laughs> but this one is the Pink Grapefruit. We've talked about this company's this, this series from this company before. Because we did what? Like the blueberry lemonade and something No, else. the straight lemonade. Oh, straight lemonade. It was, we did, we've done the lemonade, the apple pie, and maybe one other. Oh yeah, the apple pie. This is the best of those three. Yes, I would agree that this is the best of those three. It still has similar issues to the other ones that I have, and that's that it's like a little too sweet for my taste, but I don't, it's not like disgustingly sweet, you know? I think it's a, I think it tastes like fucking grapefruit juice with, uh, I don't know. 5% alcohol? <laughs> with a little bit more sweetness, yeah. No, it's solid. Like this is, this is really good. It is really good. I think Highly my recommend. mom would actually like this. If you find yourself seeing any Connecticut Valley Brewing Company in their Spike Smoothie series, go for the red grapefruit. Or the fucking least, go for one of their citrus flavors over one of their non-citrus flavors. I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like, if you're okay with... Like, the apple pie was fairly sweet, but it, like... It I was, mean, it... it was very effective of what it was trying to do. That's exactly my point. Like, I will give it that. Like... It was too sweet. It was like way too sweet for my personal flavor. Because it tasted legitimately like apple pie, and apple pie is fairly sweet. Yeah, I don't even like my apple pie to be super sweet. Well, apple pie doesn't like you, so there. Well, good. Mm. Fuck apple pie. <laughs> Cannolis all Just the time. Just like in that movie. <laughs> uh Oh man, not too long ago, I ended up like rewatching the first three of those movies, just like chaining them, marathoning them. There we go. And yeah, they're not good. No, I can't imagine they are. I only ever saw the first American Pie, but I I, I, I think mean... two and three are actually better than one, but like two is it's. It's like Men in Black too. It's just kind of like, we've already done all this before, but let's do it again, but slightly different. And yeah. also not a movie that could be made today. Yeah, like no, exactly. Him, like Jason Biggs pretending to be a mentally disabled trombonist and he goes full R-word in a scene in there. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, there's just, there, like, I was actually just thinking that. Like, I remember being, like, target audience, you know, age at that time. And, you know, it, it, that was a time when s such humor was still totally acceptable. And I, like, I, I thought it was hilarious. But, like, I'm sure that. Both I have aged out of it, and society has aged out of jokes like that. 
I'm and, very happy with certain things that like society has aged out of a number of jokes. I mean, even yeah. just like we just watched um, fucking dodgeball yesterday, and it's like I think it's Most still a very humor. funny movie. But like, it is. There but are things. A lot in that of the humor in that doesn't work. That that yeah, there are definitely like jokes made in that movie that it's like probably don't put that in your movie now. Yeah, I mean, especially where you have like both main male characters aggressively hitting on the main female male character, female character rather, and like. Well, I mean, you're, you're meant to think that Vince Vaughn is playing it more cool instead of being a creep, but, like, you're definitely meant to think that... But, like, I love Ben Stiller playing, like, a creep and a villain. I think that he always has this, like, really interesting grossness to himself when he plays roles like that oh totally no it totally works like i mean you're like it it, abs- it absolutely works because like he is very clearly that clear that he's being portrayed as like gross and hateable but like the funny part is is that like at the time dodgeball was made i'm sure people were like oh you know uh vince vaughn's character is like totally different and like he's a way better guy and it's like in no, he's a, still in a tw- pretty goddamn bad. <laughs> I was gonna say in a twenty, but in a twenty twenty one lens, like they they're they're basically the same guy in different rapping. Yeah, like it's just it's like, like honestly like but Vince it, Vaughn's the guy we're supposed to root for, so that's but, why like he's just as bad but not as gross. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is like you know modern sensibility me goes you know what ben stiller's character might be like a total gross douchebag but like at least he's fucking honest about who he is and like you know what you're getting into if you like got involved with him for some fucking reason like whereas vince vaughn is like you know the kind of guy who would be like problematic like you know six oh, months the, the to kind, a year yeah, or no, the kind of guy who's like good for a fling but if you take it too long it's going to become like an issue yeah or like i don't know i i just yeah yeah um, I, I feel you on that one man um i mean i also personally love it when vince vaughn is playing like smarmy and gross and he's still like smarmy and gross in dodgeball but you're supposed to think he's the hero yeah that's the thing that i that like that's the part that like i'm not opposed to the way he played the character i'm opposed to like the main female character finding that appealing in any way like then again i like trust me i there are plenty of women out there who like still go for douchebags still think that kind of shit is cute and funny and edgy and it's like i don't I mean, lack. I was gonna say, like, one, like, inexperienced me definitely had that same kind of draw. Like, it's like, oh, you're kind of a bad boy, huh? And it's like, yeah, but like, it was all like I was also inexperienced in an era where that type of humor was much more accepted, and like, you know, the the like, kind of the the way that they talk that you know people talked about women back then was just you know kind of it is what it is um yeah 
<laughs> and you know, I like so I I don't know that if it was like more the humor or my inexperience, but I, I would say that it's definitely a little column A, a little column B there. Um, yeah, thirty eight year old twenty twenty one me goes, ew, I wouldn't touch that guy with a ten foot fucking pole. <laughs> Like, oh, you said some gross thing or like got pushy. I I'm I am suddenly dry as a bone. Goodbye. Um you make my vagina drier than sandpaper. Speaking of that line, we also watched Freaky. <laughs> we kind of did a Vince Vaughn double feature and like dude, Freaky is fucking great. Um yeah, hopefully you've seen, like, Happy Death Day. Like, you don't need to see the sequel to it. Like, it's not terrible, but, like, it's not as good. But, like, Happy Death Day is essentially, like, what if Groundhog Day was a slasher flick? And then Freaky, I actually love the original title for it, but the House of Mouse, I'm sure, wouldn't have. But the initial title was Freaky Friday the 13th. Bless you. Thanks. Um, and like Freaky Friday the 13th is pretty like on the nose about what this movie is. It's Freaky Friday, but a slasher flick. <laughs> yeah. I'm like noticing a pattern here. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was actually like really fun. Um, you know, it's a nice take on that like whole body swap thing. Um, especially since they usually stick to like gender lines with those sorts of movies, you know, cause like, I'm, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but no, I I've seen like a lot of different body swap movies over the years. Cause like the eighties had like six of them for fucking some reason. Um, cause there was one that was like Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron. And then there was one that was like Alan Thicke and maybe Kirk Cameron. I, I, I can't remember. Um, yeah. but like, yeah, that there was a whole lot of like body swapping going on in the eighties, but I don't think I've ever seen one that was gender swap as well. Yeah, no, I like it was it was gender swap as well as age swap, and also like you have, you know, fairly normal if not slightly like you know not like definitely not popular but not hated kind of middle like of the a, a withdrawn sort of. wallflower. Yeah, nor like normal fucking teenager in my eyes. Yeah, pr- pretty um, much like a normal teenager, but everybody thinks that like, oh, this person's the star, like this person's the jock, and blah 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 blah. Trust me, I've been there. Being a teenager sucks. Being in high school sucks. Yeah, other than the lack of responsibilities, it fucking blows. Like, yeah, I like. I completely agree with you, Emily. Like, I miss not having the responsibility that being an adult garners, but I still wouldn't go back in time and go to high school again. Fuck no. I mean, not even with my current... I mean, at least with my current brain, I'd I'd be able to, you know, just... Avoid specific pitfalls, which would just end up making me withdraw from people even more but then i might be able to like focus on something to use my adult brain it's like a fucking jumanji like and just how horrible 
it must be to be like the Robin Williams and Helen Hunt characters because they end up getting thrown back like 36 years or whatever to yeah. their younger bodies but still possessing their adult minds. Yeah. So then having to like relive their lives. <laughs> then again, you could probably fucking own a school if you had an adult brain but you know oh fuck that man you have an adult brain like it wouldn't work it wouldn't work as well for the robin williams character but hopefully the helen hunt character it's helen hunt right am i totally wrong on that okay i think it's helen hunt um Um, you just test out as soon as you can yeah like test out as soon as you can hopefully as an adult you're paying attention to like and this stock is doing incredibly well since it launched this time and it's like all right well i'm just gonna be stupidly rich by gaming the stock market with future knowledge it's back to the future too you know yeah um and but also you could like i don't know i mean granted like any degrees that you had before obviously don't fucking count anymore but then like you know, if you had regrets about the way your career went, you can you just fucking start over. You're like, all right, like I've had all this life experience. I know basically like I have a better idea of what I actually want to do. Like, I don't know if I get thrown back into high school, it would be like, well, this blows. But like now I have a better idea of what like kind of things I might want to do. And the maybe person I'd actually... I would have wanted to become. <laughs> and I would have you know blown a lot less money on dumb parts of college and maybe i would have gotten a fucking phd because i wouldn't well actually i might i don't know we'll see but like i i hope that the like the energy boost of that age comes back too because uh that would be rad oh i would imagine that that's more of like another like interesting idea then I think that's more even of a function of biochemistry. Have, well, even though you still have the retention of memories from that age, are all those memories then wired into your younger brain, or are you still retaining the brain that you had? So it would still have the similar de- degeneration of cells that your adult brain has. No, so would you, I would like, argue get Alzheimer's at like twenty-five. No, I would argue that you would have the same the uh the your brain would rewire the mental connections but it would not you know for instance like ah, but neural pathways are decrease the length of your fucking telomeres because that's like so cell aging is largely based on like number of divisions so you're not by by dumping a bunch of knowledge in and forcing your brain to make those connections you're not like you're still not increasing the number of cell divisions. So in theory, you don't have any like additional aging. You just have a bunch of new connections that form. But then the other question is like, does your brain become more of like a metaphysical concept here where like you're not actually rewiring anything. You're just sort of overlaying on the actual existing connections. I don't know. And like maybe the brain catches up physically over time. I don't really know how it would work. I never, I've never really got gotten gone down that particular rabbit hole. And welcome to TJ and Emily and the Fantastic. But yeah, I can tell you for sure that like it would not, it would not accelerate your aging because that's a function of how many times. The oh no, I, I don't, I don't mean like the aging of your physical self. I meant like would your 
actual brain matter. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because Alzheimer's is a function of your physiology, not your psychology. So it doesn't, it has nothing to do with like the actual connections that your brain is forming. It has to do with like the aging of the cells and plaques building up in them as they do. So no, to answer your question, it would not increase, it would not, you know, lower the age that you would acquire Alzheimer's naturally. All right. Nice. Good enough. Um, I don't know. Do we want to talk about the second place that we went? Or shall we save that for next time? I don't know. Where are we at for time? 110. Oh. Oh, actually less than 110. Because um, we're going to have We're actually at like 104. <laughs> and however, yeah. <laughs> we have a little break in there, folks. Little yes. uh, seeing behind the curtain. No, I say we just fucking wait. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. It, then again, we actually got some. Uh, some like tasty. Like... From that from from uh and the like owner stuff so. that probably won't be on there for too long so you know what we're gonna talk about it real fast our second step after row 34 was trillium boston fort point uh it was the first time that we sat up on the roof deck uh at the roof bar um that was really fun because like we walk up to the counter and it's just like Hi, we were hoping to find some bar space. And she was like, well, we've got some space up on the roof. Would you like that? And I think that just you and I looked at each other real fast and we're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't want to ask because I figured that's what would fill up first. Like, what is wrong with people? Stairs. Yeah, they're they're dumb. It was yeah, totally they, worth they it. Yeah, they are dumb. I am a handy, capable person, and I could do those stairs. But, like, I'm not saying that everybody who is handy, capable can. I'm just saying, like, if you're fully capable to choose not to because you have to do stairs, you're missing out. Yes. So, anyway, just because we're getting a little long here, um... Everything we had was awesome. We didn't have a shitload of stuff while we were there, um, which is good because, you know, we're, we're, we're again, we're running long despite the break. So the first two we had were two different collaborations. So we had Insert Hip Hop Reference Anywhere. It was a triple IPA brewed in collaboration with Monkish out of Torrance, California. Absolutely um, did not taste like a triple. Um, yeah, I think it was like a 10%. Then it felt like it should have. Yeah, incredibly no. Incredibly delicious. Like, yeah, incredibly smooth, not boozy at all. Yeah, um, smooth and creamy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a testament to both Trillium and Monkish's uh, prowess at just brewing basically any type of beer. Monkish, for those of you who are unfamiliar, or if you, I mean, if you're a huge beer nerd, I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, Monkish is another one of those breweries that can t basically take any style and do it well. 
they're they're very much like the LA area's trillium. In yeah, my I was opinion. gonna say like where are they? Like Valencia, T- Torrance, Torrance. So they're just south of LA. Okay. Um, and you know if you guys if anybody actually finds yourself at Monkish at some point, um, it is absolutely worth the trip. But I will also say that if it's still if they're both still in the same places. Smog City Brewing is basically around the corner. Like I walked from one to the other, and uh, Smog City is very worth it. Like there's another brewery in that area, and it's it's solid. I mean, it's worth like going to. But I mean, I can't say that I really terribly remember anything I had there or even the name of the place. But like Smog City sticks in my brain. I've been to both Monkish and Smog City twice now, and like nice, they're they're both really solid. Um highly recommend like but monkish especially like if you're ever in the la area make and you're a beer nerd make a point of going there like really it's fucking worth it so that was collaboration number one (laughs) gave that a 4.5 then our second Freaky Friday release with our good friends from Other Half Brewing is our take on one of their first ever beers. Drenched with all sorts of Citra and Amarillo, HDHC Hop Showers is a full-on hop inundation. I hope that sounded good. <laughs> it did. I mean, yeah, it, it was it was fine. Um... Yeah, I, I I liked this one slightly less. My guess is that um, because it's a take on an old other half, it was it's an older recipe that does include a bit more whirlpool, so it has a bit more bitterness. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna say that like as a New York brewery, other half doesn't have a little bit more bitterness than I generally expect from like than we generally get in New England, um, but like. No, generally speaking, their stuff is solid as hell. This was still solid as hell. It's just it, like it didn't blow me away as hard as the as the monkish collaboration. I um, think that they do really good stuff, but I think that like they have a similar issue to Night Shift, but in a different way. That you know that they're focusing too much on their science instead of their beer. No, uh, like well. Isn't other half the company that ended up developing the cryo hops, and this is supposed to be a like really high end example of their cryo citra and cryo amarillo? Did they actually develop? I see. That's a thing I didn't know if if that's accurate. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that's accurate then, because I feel like if I heard it from anybody, it would have been you. Yeah, no, I have no idea but... who developed the cryo hops, so you would have heard that from fucking anyone else because i have i have no idea um well like but that no. that's like scientific advancement yeah of like different usage of hops which my understanding of cryo is essentially just like we dip it in nitrogen and then we smash the fuck out of them <laughs> yeah more or less i think <laughs> um no but honestly other half pretty solid um if you find yourself in New York City, especially if you don't have access to a car, 
then other half is probably where you most want to go in terms of breweries because the other really good shit is in Queens and is not particularly accessible via the MTA. Hence the reason that the next time I want, I go down, I want to bring a fucking car so I can go to Queens and go to breweries and shit. Um, yeah, but no, gotta go to Finback. So other half New York is in Brooklyn in the, uh, what the fuck is the name of that stupid ass neighborhood? It's something Gowanus. Wow. Gowanus. What a stupid ass name. We haven't done a fuck you to a place in a little while. So fuck you, Gowanus. I mean, Gowanus is kind of great, though. I'm not going to lie. Oh, like, then, there's a... No, sorry, Gowanus. I retract that. Fuck you. I mean, it's got a dumb name, so you can make fun of it. But like, no, there's a lot. There's a lot of areas of uh, Brooklyn that are fucking great. And that's one of them. Um, Gowanus is also the only place I've ever had duck meatloaf. So mm. it's exactly good. as good as it sounds. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, went to a fa- like a fancy place, which again, who go who got who got only knows if they're even open anymore. Uh, called Buttermilk Channel, and uh, no, got I me was, some duck meatloaf. I always love places that carry game. It's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I like like fucking tip tap room. You know, the other reason being beer. Yeah. Um, there was also this joint in New Hampshire in the White Mountains. Don't ask me fucking where. I remember it was called the William Tell, though. And one of their desserts was the Telltale Heart, which was a white chocolate mousse with, um, like, covered in fucking... Like raspberry like, coulis? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. It was pretty great. That's back when I still enjoyed sweet. <laughs> but they had a lot of game on their menu, is the point of that. Yeah. No, Gowanus is a neat neighborhood. If you if you're in if you're in Brooklyn, go to other half. If you're going to New York and you have a choice of which borough to go to, Brooklyn is the right answer in my opinion. Like Manhattan's awesome if you haven't been there. If you've been to Manhattan, you've fucking seen it. If unless you're like super into that kind of shit, I don't know. I Brooklyn has a, just a much better feel, I think. I mean, it's still distinctly a city, but like I don't know. It feels there's a little like, more real and grounded instead of... Yeah, like, there's whole-ass neighborhoods of, like, single-family houses and shit. Yeah. But, like, it's also got more, like, city shit than, I don't know, like, Queens or certainly Staten Island. I've never been to the Bronx. I can't say anything about the Bronx. And actually, I still haven't been to Queens, but I feel like I've seen Queens enough in things. Yeah, yeah. I'm being told by our... Our dickbag producers being like, all right, let's move along. <laughs> we should probably just wrap it up. Like, we'll save the yeah, couple we'll, other we'll, things for next we'll time. We'll save the other things from Trillion until next time. No, that was... Ever- oh, wait, no. Let's yeah, just do those we, real we quick. We still have, like, three more things from Trillium. <laughs> all right, we did three sours. We did daily serving raspberry and lime. Solid. Every daily solid. serving I've had is solid. Yeah, very tasty. Great and it's series. a fucking raspberry lime Ricky version of it. I so. mean, like twice a daily serving is always better, but you know, I'm not shitting on fucking 
daily serving. Like yes. every daily serving I've had is delicious. And same um, with Faded Farmer. Everything yeah. I've had from the Faded Farmer series has been solid. Every Faded Farm we've had is solid. So um, liquid form, we had um, Black Muscat and Malbec Faded Farmer. And that was really tasty. It had like a great tang to it. Like a lot of like that pucker of the Malbec grape came out in the flavor of the of the beer itself. And I really, I really fucking enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. Um, the other one we had was we, we couldn't find it on untapped because they don't like add in their slushes because their slushes are essentially just like whatever we'll, we'll the fuck take, they like, feel like throwing. Yeah. In. Leftover faded farmers from the end of kegs and some sugar into a cooler thing that spins it around. And oh, and fruit. slush. Yeah, and fruit. That one had, uh, was it raspberry and blackberry? I think so. It was basically, so you take, you know, a I think it was raspberry stuff. blueberry. Whatever. I mean, either way, they, they, they take berries and sugar and sour beer and ice and toss it in a thing and make adult slushies that are fucking delicious. Fucking delicious. Unfortunately, they do use paper straws. So if you're going to go there and plan on drinking a lot of slushes, uh, do yourself a favor, buy yourself a reusable straw. I mean, I have reusable straws. It just never occurs to me to bring them with me. I should get one of those ones that come that like you like, put together or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the way you do it. Money for nothing and your chicks for free. And I believe on that bombshell... <laughs> Dire Straits, uh, 1982. I want to say it was, dude, it was after 1982. I think. Fuck, I don't know when that came out. Down it, down it, no. Down it, no. All right. We are going off the rails. And TJ is dropping things. Yeah, TJ's dropping things. So it's time for us to go. Um,. Until next time, uh, you'll find us uh, at the same bat time, at the same bat channel. We're still uh, trying to get better about also, social media. Yeah, we're trying to be better about social media. Check us out on Twitter at the letter N, the letter E, the words beer reviews. Uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. I believe we're like at New England Beer Reviews, just all the fuck spelled out. Uh, give us some money on fucking Patreon at patreon.com backslash N-E-B-R. We guarantee um, you will get more burps from TJ. Yes. And we'll, you'll actually get fucking bonus episodes. Yes. Literally all we like. All we, all we need is like one more person to just like one person other than um, Bruce to like throw us two bucks. Because then yeah. one. One for us and one for Patreon. Yeah, but, uh, seriously, man. All I'm asking for is a second and fucking Patreon. We'll start recording and releasing bonus episodes. Yeah, which again are probably just going to be like beer in a movie. <laughs> but we have some really good beers, and I want to fucking drink them. I mean, they're sour, so they're going to last a long time. But like, but come on, man! I've been sitting on these for a while. Yeah, you've been sitting on them for a while. I've been sitting on him for a while, and instead of the actual seven months that it's been for you, it feels like seven years to me. 
Yeah. I, I also have those Allagash, so it's not just oh, you. Yeah. And you that haven't been true. staring at those. So. Well, yeah. Um, check us out on social medias. We're around. Uh, hell, you want to fucking email us? Like fucking New England beer reviews, all spelled out at gmail.com. You can send, contact send us, us there. Just I no mean, dick pics, please. Uh, I, but no, let's go. We're going to go. So. Bye.